Hi, you guys. Thanks for coming over. It's nice to see you. This is Richard Sachs, and I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio Live. <clears throat> this is a show that we do uh, for an hour once a week on Saturday afternoon, talking about current events and um, educational, interesting things, I hope. And it, it occurred to me that there's a lot of historical context for what's happening right now, not just in America where we're sitting here, but um, all over the world in, in different ways, different styles, in different cultures and countries. And I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the times in history that people don't today don't know very much about. And it's not their, their fault, really. I have to give a lot of credit to modern education, certainly here in America and a lot of other countries. They deserve credit for so successfully really dumbing us down so we don't know much about anything that matters or helps helps us in our lives. And we've been we've been trained to lose touch with common sense, thinking it's not scientific and not to mention the internal guidance that everybody's connected to, whether they know about it or not. Most most of us have no idea that it's even there. <clears throat> and our training from a really young age I think it's been mostly in obedience and never to think for ourselves. Now, of course, the idea is to be completely racist, make everything about race. It's constantly on you know, TV and on public service messages in the U.S. And I've heard that's happening in Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, other places like that. And uh, formerly, the media... And the government was pushing race against anybody with dark skin. You know, they call these people white or black. And I don't really think those are very valid terms. I've actually never met a white person or a black person. They're just everybody's different shades of red or yellow or brown or uh, cream colored or kind of pink. or. And who cares? I mean, it, it's just... It's the variability of your costume. It doesn't say who's inside it wearing it. And if we're dumb enough to think that we're our costumes and and want to fight about that, that it doesn't speak very well for our prospects for a better future. So it's better if we just realize that's any kind of racism, you know, whether it's black or white or brown or red or yellow or anything. It's really, really stupid. I mean, the people that have been rioting in the streets mostly happen to be what they call white people in black uniforms in the U.S. last summer, uh, supposedly for for what they call justice. That's Those people are completely gone. And it doesn't mean they can't come back. Because if you realize, wait a minute, how come I'm running around in a black ninja suit making believe that I'm for justice for people with dark colored skin and I have light colored skin and the way I'm working for justice is to burn down the homes and businesses of people that I'm supposedly fighting for. Maybe that's not brilliant. You know, maybe stopping cars at intersections and uh, smashing them with batons and now, you know, they're still doing that kind of thing in Portland and other places in the U.S. The news doesn't cover it much. If they did, I'd say it was peaceful and inspiring, but it's not. 
whether it's a BLM group or Antifa group or some kind of group that's in favor of some su- supremacist of some race, whether it is white or black or any other, those are just labels, is totally stupid. Um, but if the media keeps pushing that everything's racist, there is the possibility that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because it starts making people subconsciously be mad at each other for nothing and then they make it true and I don't think we want to do that. Um, Education's been pushing us that way along with we have a totally criminal media in the U.S. and I think you have that if you're in uh, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, most of what used to be Europe and is now the EU, um, the U.K., anywhere like that. The media has become not just the enemy of the country, it's the enemy of humanity all over the world. And so there are uh, alternative media platforms springing up everybody everywhere that are in favor of free speech and they don't censor you, which is great. Anyway, I, I should get through the, the notes that I made of things to share with you because our time's going to be over right away. Um, we've been educated to think the government's role is to take care of us and to give us free money, which is absolutely disastrous. I don't, we don't have a t- time right now to go into a long discussion on economics, but the basics, again, they should have been taught in school. When you print money based on nothing, no gold or silver, and just hand it out to people, usually preferentially, but hand it out to people like the U.S. and other places are doing now, and then give mo- do that as a cover and give most of it to corrupt uh, businesses and uh, organizations that devalues the money and it sets the stage for um, some really bad experiences with hyperinflation and that's being put intentionally into motion now uh, anyway we've been taught that government is supposed to give give us free money and is supposed to tell us how to take care of our health and our bodies how to think and um, they're doing that through private platforms now that are you know, big tech and social media, but it, it's connected with government. <clears throat> and when government merges with uh, corporations like that, it, there's a name for that. Antifa people should be really interested because they think they're fighting fascism and they're being complete fools about it. They don't even know what fascism is. And as a rule, there may be some exceptions, but if they do, they don't need to be wasting their time running around burning cities there's, there's actual work to do to overcome fascism. And what fascism is, is when government merges with corporations. And in the case of the U.S. right now, uses corporations that it says are not bound by the Constitution, which only restricts government to do all kinds of criminal activity. So um, we're being told what we should think. And we've gotten so dumb that we think that's freedom and that I guess we're protecting our democracy, but, you know, in the U.S., we're not supposed to have a democracy anyway. It's a constitutional republic. And I know that a lot of people who understand that are constantly saying that a constitutional republic is good and a democracy is bad, but that's not always true. The constitutional republic is as good as two things, what's in the Constitution and... um, 
the the awareness and consciousness of the people who are the citizens of that country. Um, and we're we're being educated so much with fake education now that we're being taught we have no connection to each other and no memory of freedom. So most of the history that we've taught is probably even more incorrect than what I'm aware of. And we've been so brainwashed to think that authorities are telling us the truth. Most of us don't even question whether it's accurate or not. And the only way to be sure is to go back in time, which I haven't figured out how to do yet. But some basic things are known from people who were present or have carried it down through documents and oral tradition and things like that, at least in recent history. So we can put some of the pieces together from what we already know or investigated. And the time in history I'm talking about now is World War One. So how much do you know about World War One? Am I wrong that most of us are not very knowledgeable about that? I'd be interested to know what you think. <clears throat> it was called the Great War because at that time they didn't know it was number one. They thought it was the only big war and that people would be smart enough to not do it again. And they did it again right away, well, really quick anyway. Um, so humanity may have learned from it, you know, like the people that were tortured by all the events of the war. But the thing is that humanity is not, in general, who started the war. It was forces under the surface that people weren't aware of. <clears throat> it wasn't even the government rulers. It was the people who tell them what to do. And most of the mainline history uh, doesn't even mention that. So, like World War II, it required massive help to get it started and run it from the global bankers and the media and other corporate interests. They were really more responsible than presidents and prime ministers and congresses and things like that, <clears throat> parliaments, dictators. The dictators were following orders, and they still are. <clears throat> so, um, when I say global bankers were responsible for it, I don't mean the person working at your community bank. Those are nice people. And, in fact, the higher-level banking establishment hires them because they put a good face on a really evil industry. And, no, it's not all from one religion or anything like that. It, it's from something much higher up than any organized religion, <clears throat> except for the one that they're belonging to, which is not one of the major religions. Um, but anyway, it was humanity's fault in a way that the war went on because people went along with it and they were falling for the war propaganda, getting to hate each other, feeling helpless, not seeing who was behind it. Um, Joseph Stalin, who I'm sure you've heard of, who came to power in the Soviet Union, but not until 1927, and we're talking about the decade before that. He's famous for saying one death, if one person dies, it's a big tragedy. But if a million people die, it's a statistic. Just something you read about in a history book, maybe. So nine million people, <clears throat> plus about five million more, after the war died because of World War One, And that's five million individual tragic deaths not just a t statistic. Uh, 
Um, each one of those was a tragedy if you look at them individually. And what was accomplished for that price? As far as I know, nothing, at least for the benefit of humanity, um, because obviously the lesson wasn't learned and still isn't learned. Look at the wars that came after it and the ones that are going on right now. You know, is it possible to learn the lesson if we start now, 103, I guess 103 years after the end of uh, World War One, And I think so, but, you know, what do you, what do you think? Are the, is everybody still totally brainwashed so they're not going to learn anything now? I'd like to see that change. And if you look at it as a giant death project, which is really what it was, um, how did it start? That was 1914, 107 years ago. And people think that's a long time, but it's really not a long time at all. Our, our sense of time in this age of these little tiny lifespans where we're given like 100 years and some people a little bit more and some people a lot less – now there's a lot of kids dying from what's being done to them by the medical system, but 100 years is nothing. That's a blink of an eye, you know. If we see saw things accurately, it's, it passes in a flash. And actually, a 1,000 years is about the same, but it's a story for another time about our sense of timing, and we'll do another show on it at some point if you guys have any interest in that. But for now... Looking at mainline history, if you look at the time up to about um, the beginning of summer in uh, 1914, in Europe, in Germany, in England, in the U.S., it was pretty peaceful and uh, nice spring. Russia and Germany, the leaders of Russia and Germany were actually friends and relatives, and so were... Uh, the leaders of Germany and England absolutely wouldn't think that they were about to have a big war. Uh, the German emperor, one of his cousins, <clears throat> was the king of England at the time. And another one of his cousins was the Tsar of Russia in 1914. And all three got together in Germany for a party and celebration of um, the marriage of the emperor's daughter Victoria in Germany. It was kind of like a family gathering, a celebration. And then uh, they didn't realize that on June 28th in 1914, there was a headline in the paper that an assassination had happened. And I used to think when I first found out about this a long time ago that how did this have anything to do with starting a big war? Do you remember who was assassinated? You know? There was a guy named Franz Ferdinand, and he had a position in politics. He was called an archduke in Austria, and he was the guy who was going to be the next ruler of Austria. He was the heir to the throne, as they say, and he was visiting another country, Sarah, and he was in the city of Sarajevo, um, <clears throat> and Serbian nationalists um, which is another long story. They killed him. So who? But who was the real cause of that assassination? You know, the mainstream historians, 
and I'm sorry for my rough voice tonight. I don't know what happened to it in the last couple of days, but it's been like that. So I hope you'll forgive me for that. Um, it's not my normal voice. But anyway, I didn't want to not do this show because there's a lot of information in it that you might appreciate. There was a lot in putting it together. Who was the real cause of the assassination of the Archduke Ferdinand Franz? That's not told in usual history any more than, you know, who was the real cause of the Kennedy assassination? Who? What was the organizations behind the Lincoln assassination? They're not what they look like, none of them, as far as I know. Even assassination of targeted uh, cultural leaders and musicians, people like that, John Lennon, we're supposed to think that these are all lone wolf crazy individuals and they just run around and do an assassination for no reason. I'm pretty confident at this point that that's never true. And we're we're meant to think that they're lone gunmen, lone killers, lone knife people or whatever, but they're not. Even the ones in the religious uh, assassinations and murders, which are really many, Lately, especially since the U.S. started invading and really bombing the Middle East, uh, those religious murders, whether they're with a, a gun or a knife or a truck or whatever, are are for God, and it's part of a bigger religious movement. But the ones we're talking about are connected with the big banking and corporate establishments that Eisenhower and Kennedy warned against. Eisenhower... Uh, when he was leaving office in a farewell address, and Kennedy shortly before he got assassinated. Um, Anyway, when that happened, which was the end of June, June 28th in 1914, it didn't start a big war. Nothing happened. It just, some really psychotic or sociopathic uh, person in Serbia uh, killed Archduke Ferdinand, and that was it. And the German Kaiser didn't think it was any big deal. He left on a holiday on a cruise ship, well, his own cruise ship, I think, his own yacht, actually, and he was going off toward Norway, just a, a summer vacation. So he wasn't thinking, oh, no, it's going to be a war. He thought, all right, some guy got assassinated. I'm leaving on vacation. There was nothing going on. Four weeks later, Austria, and we don't, I don't know from mainline history who ultimately was behind this. I suspect it was the financial establishment, the, the high level rulers. Austria declared war on Serbia. Now, how ridiculous is that? You know, what war involves is putting millions of people in hell on earth and starting to torture and kill them. It's almost like the ones who get wounded are worse off than the ones who get to at least die and be free of the physical body. It's unimaginable hell. And so the leaders of Austria at the time, supposedly, according to mainline uh, history, just got mad and decided to destroy Serbia and declare war on Serbia. Now, This was really stupid, but I'm sure that the people who did it would not be dumb enough just to do that as a response to one assassination because 
anybody that's sane would never do that. But somebody was paid off, somebody was threatened, the usual stuff, major mafia behind the, behind the scenes as usual. And it just escalated into a world catastrophe. That could happen now, and it's important that we don't have that happen again. Learn the lesson that was supposedly going to be learned from this World War One. Um, now, as it escalated, who was a who was a big ally of Serbia? Right? Do you know what was your education like? Big ally of Serbia was Russia. So apparently, the Russian leaders had been um, talked to also to play their part, and the right. Uh, payments made and things like that because Russia started mobilizing massive numbers of troops and getting ready for war which would be against Austria and Germany that were very closely connected so Germany saw this coming and said well we have to declare war on Russia now we're supposed to think that these are just stupid leaders I don't buy that anymore I think you know, if the Kaiser Wilhelm of, of Germany wanted to keep his country from being destroyed and expanded and um, keep the people fed and keep prosperity in the country and make it better, he would call up uh, the Kaiser and say, um, Kaiser, how are you doing? You know this war thing that you're starting? And he'd call him up in Serbia and uh, especially Austria, which was the first one um, to declare the war and get everything started. Um, he'd call up the Austrian people from the Kaiser's office and say, hey, Austrian rulers, what, what's this thing you're wanting to do with blowing up the world and everything? That's probably not a very good idea. You know, we're supposed to never think of the obvious common sense stuff. There was no reason to do it that was obvious. And if it was just the rulers, they could have talked among themselves and said, you know, let's prosecute the guy in the organization that did the assassination and that'll that'll take care of it. They said, we're supposed to believe that they thought after careful consideration with all their advisors, um, the best response to this assassination is to destroy all of Europe. And maybe the world. And I don't think that's true. I think they had some help. Anyway, Germany saw Russia getting ready. Um, so Germany declared Russia, war on Russia. And uh, France was an ally of Russia at the time. And so France, you know, Germany is right between um, Russia and France. Russia on the east and France on the west. And so Germany said, well... Uh, the leaders of Germany supposedly said, well, obviously we need to declare war on Germany too and fight two wars or what they call two fronts. And that seems like a really great idea, good way to spend all of our resources and go into impossible levels of debt and kill millions of people. It sounds like a great plan, right? No, they weren't that stupid. They were, I think they were following orders too. Anyway, that's what they did. Germany declared war on France and Russia. It's just to understand the basics of a chapter in history that we're going to point out certain 
relevance and, and similarities to what's happening right now. <clears throat> By the way, Hitler was there in Germany at the time of World War One. I uh, was about 25 years old when it started, and he was actually an Austrian citizen. He was born in Austria, uh, but he was in Germany, and he really wanted to be fighting for the Germans, and they let him in somehow. They let him in as a a volunteer in 1914, and he got in. Maybe he was pretending to be a German citizen. I don't know. But the plan of the German rulers, you know, who were playing their part toward destruction of the known world at the time, they said, all right, this is going to be a really great war. We're going to have a, a quick victory over France. You know, and, and these strategists plan in terms of uh, countries, not people. So, and wars have people involved, you know, that's why they're not so good. And they also tear up the uh, natural resources there. They have no benefits at all. I mean, other than totally valid self-defense, just like individual violence, I, I think it's always 100% destructive. And most wars are not self-defense. So Germany planned to beat France uh, quickly and then get right over to beating, destroying Russia after that. And Belgium is just near the, it's kind of northwest of Germany and it, it's right above uh, France. So Germany said, well, the leaders of Germany, sorry, because countries don't talk, it's individuals that plan this stuff. And they said, well, we have to invade Belgium, which we, you know, we can beat those guys right away. They don't have much military. And then um, we can come down into France from the north, which was their plan, and get all the way to Paris and take over the country. So Germany invaded France through Belgium. And then um, on August 4th, because this thing started in the end of June, August 4th, Britain declared war on Germany. And... Uh, they came in on the side of France and Russia. And so, remember, this was all triggered by one murder. And supposedly, these people were so dumb that they said, well, we have to blow up the world. This is an unacceptable murder. That'll, that'll really show them. That'll take care of it. Those Serbian nationalists, they're going to give up when they see the world destroyed. And we think, oh, yeah, well, that's the reason for the war was that assassination, and that's why they killed 9 million people in the war and 5 million after that, from the after effects of it. Um, and we're supposed to think that the leaders of all this country, these countries were that stupid and suicidal for their own people <clears throat> and their own economies. They couldn't just go arrest and put the murderer on trial is totally not likely so we know we're not being told what really happened this is um question is avoided in all the mainline history who's financing this math death mass death project that's the first thing that should immediately come up these central banks are usually behind it not your local friendly bank person down the down the street but the ones running the whole financial system and uh, the ones above them because 
there are all kinds of levels within the banking industry as it really is. And then there are levels above that that tell them what to do. Most of the people have no idea. But we should at least ask what are their perks and rewards were offered for the government leaders so that they just go along with this suicide, world suicide. It would never have happened um, without the financing and support from the real international rulers and the bosses above them. And we're trained not to think of the obvious with no more common sense. Nations don't get mad and start wars with other nations. That has never happened, and it can't happen because the nation is a concept. It's an, it's an organized structure. It's individuals that make decisions on behalf of that structure. Um, every time this kind of a math, mass death venture is funded and organized and carried out by individuals in very dark groups, uh, they've got motives of power and money at the levels that we know about. And above that, it's not, a, you know, they're willing to cause millions of deaths to get power and money. And you might ask, what kind of consciousness would do that? How many people, if they had a chance to step into the role of these rulers to get billions of dollars and huge power, would be willing to kill millions of people to get it? How would you really react to an offer like that? I mean, you don't really know until it happens, but how do you think that you would react if you had a chance for that kind of power? Um, the people who do that are thinking, what's in it for me? But they're, they're very unconscious, not intellectually stupid. A lot of times these sociopathic uh, rulers are very clever. They're just not smart on a deeper level. They don't realize that in the physical world, you don't see it right away because there's a time delay, but nobody gets away with anything. Nobody ever has. And at a deeper level of consciousness, you can see it. So once you, once you learn that, and hopefully before, just because you care about the welfare of people besides yourself, because we're all so connected, um, you wouldn't do things that harm other people intentionally. But they did, and they were controlled in, by levels above them which, that the public doesn't see, where, where it's not about money at, at all. It's about worship of evil for its own sake, satanic group at the, at the top human level, and then there's levels above that. And the same cartel, small group, cabal, whatever you want to call it, is doing this, trying to do the same thing now. And the reason we take the time, even when I can't talk, obviously, and I'm really sorry, I don't like my voice hoarse like this, but we couldn't drop the schedule, and I hope you don't mind. The only reason we take the time to talk about this stuff is that um, we're in a narrow window right now, and we could turn this around, and it doesn't have to go the way that the same forces behind World War One have decided that it should go now. And World War Two and Vietnam and all these other wars. It's not the visible rulers who are responsible for this. They needed massive funding, organizational help, 
on the in this case of World War II, obvious corporate help running the death camps, including American corporations, IBM and others, were really instrumental in helping the death camps work. Um, they were ordered around and controlled by the same dark forces that are trying to do it now. And we have potentially a lot more power than they do. So that's the kind of waking up that I'm suggesting that we do, like really soon, maybe in the next 10 minutes or sooner, because I don't know how much time we've got, you know, that it's still possible. Um, there are super, there are levels above the human level, but that's another another level, another story for some time. The top level humans create the information flow to get the human, the regular humans, to in, create or commit mass suicide, and they do it with great enthusiasm. That the propaganda, the war propaganda, which we have now too, it's building up to try to. In America, it's building up now to try to start a war with Russia, which would be about as intelligent as World War One was. I mean, except worse, because now a war, a war like that could be over in about half an hour. So, anyway, uh, the same beings are in charge, and the same humans are being uh, brainwashed to carry out mass suicide with great enthusiasm. See, the humans have to go along with this stuff or it wouldn't happen. The only way that the dark level rulers look really intimidating is if we stay totally unconscious because potentially we're a lot stronger than they are. They are too if they would give up evil completely and give up malice against anybody and try to be normal. They could be like us. Anybody that is willing to drop hatred of others and malice has access to unlimited positive power. And we're, so that's why they have to keep us completely unaware of ourselves or else it falls apart, which is what we needed to do. And once this got started in World War One, in France, what they called trench warfare was this huge disaster and the human damage was indescribable you've heard of um, or may I don't know you've been educated so maybe you haven't heard of any of this stuff but uh, the term shell shock was a well known phenomenon it, it was like people dug these trenches you know in a trench is like you'd put a pipe in but they did them for hundreds of miles and be, especially between France and Germany and they had um, two sets of trenches parallel to each other, not too far apart, and they would shoot back and forth trying to kill the people in the other trenches. And in World War One, they had massive um, involvement of, of artillery, big cannon-type things that could shoot long distances and fall and kill the people inside the trenches. And this went on for years, and they just kept killing the people and replacing them with more people. And for a long time, it, the trenches didn't even move. Not too surprising because it's a big job to build a trench. You have to dig this giant ditch, you know, and there are, the ground is not just all potting soil. It's got big boulders in it and all kinds of things. And you have to dig through that, reinforce it with wood, 
or other materials like that or it'll cave in. And so they had built these hundreds of miles long trenches and they were sitting in there killing each other, not because it was their idea to start with, but because these insane rulers had told them for the sake of their country, they had to go out there and do that. Now, on the side of France, it was kind of justified because the Germans were invading France. Um, France didn't do anything to Germany. Germany was invading first, and then the war started through the, you know, on the, in the trenches and later in the air and um, all over the in the ground war. Uh, Germany had invaded France, and it also was invading Russia at the same time. All of this was because Austria had declared war on Serbia which was really insane, except that it was probably calculated from levels far above the visible government. A massive operation. Why would anybody do that? Why would you build all these machines to get them blown up and get millions of men out there to be destroyed? The women were staying and running the country, basically running the home front, while the men went out to kill each other. There's no in, no intelligence in the men going out to kill each other. It was the action of a few rulers who were told what to do and given offers of great power if they would cooperate. And that turned into a d- disaster for millions of people. The first year, uh, and we're going to obviously cut this short because we only have a short time, but I want to give you a flavor for it at least and then talk about how the same thing in some ways is happening right now in uh, early stages, but it could move very quickly. And in fact, it moved very quickly in World War I with 1914, the first year being the most dead people. They kept killing each other for five years and invading and stuff. But the 1914, the first year was um, the worst as far as death count. And then history comes in after it's over and makes the war heroes into these glorious leaders because whoever killed the most people is a hero. I mean, this happens in history books all over the place. It happens in all kinds of scriptures from all over the world saying the greatest people are the ones who can kill the most, the fastest, especially if you, if you can kill the most people with the smallest army, you're really great then. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> if that's our ideal, we're in serious trouble. Um, oh, yeah, we are in serious trouble. <laughs> that is the ideal that's being taught everywhere. You know, everybody's on the right side. God is on everybody's side, according to them. And so, uh, and that's demonstrated if they can kill a lot of people with a small number of soldiers. That's really considered incredibly good. I mean, humanity is pretty sick. At this point, there's really better ideals than that. that. That's part of what Stephen Greer, Dr. Greer, defines as um, level zero civilization, right? The suicidal level, which is what Earth civilization is at right at the moment, trying to get out of that level. Um, any killing that's not real, unavoidable self-defense or defense of innocent people 
is completely insane, basically. And we have huge departments in our government whose whole business is deciding, how can we get war started and kill as many people as possible and make as much money at it as we can? And again, both Kennedy and Eisenhower warned against this happening, but apparently neither one had any idea how to stop it. Even self-defense, even violent self-defense, which is a really important natural right that needs to be protected, is not the first choice for conscious humans. Um, The ones who are the most advanced in consciousness, and we don't see much of this these days, can affect the perception of the people who are attacking and make them lose interest in that, take away the desire to cause uh, damage or violence, not by talking or philosophical speeches or anything, by, but by the force of who they are. We have examples of that in history, but not many in it. It would really be nice to have some of those people now, and it makes you wonder, where are they? What are they busy doing somewhere? We need them here. So by 1916, which was the third year of the war, they were using airplanes commonly, And they weren't very good at blowing up whole cities. They got better at that, bombing cities in World War II. Um, So it was mostly to terrify the people by dropping bombs on buildings and on on individuals in different places. Also, uh, a big advance from the ruler's point of view in World War I were really horrible chemical weapons. Um, they're still in use now, but not openly because there are conventions against their use. And in a way, it's pretty pointless to make rules about war, you know, that you have to do this because if countries, if leaders of countries get desperate enough, they'll do anything to avoid being the loser of the war. Um, so chemical weapons got worse and worse as they evolved over the course of World War One, And Hitler ended up, um, he was fighting in the German army, you know, as a, a volunteer. He ended up getting uh, wounded by shrapnel, pieces of exploding bombs and things in 1916, the third year. And he was really upset with the defeatism that he saw in Germany with people getting... Uh, you know, losing their desire to fight and things. He thought that was terrible. Um, He wanted Germany to conquer the world for its own expansion because he thought the the elite German people of the correct race, he was a total insane racist. And, And we said before, racism is really stupid, any kind of racism. You know, before our media was pushing... Uh, racism against people with dark skin. I'm not going to say whites and blacks because I I need to meet a white person or a black person. I never have yet. And besides, even if we did have people who were colored like snow white and charcoal black or obsidian black, that's your costume. That's not you. You know, are we that unconscious to think that's us? We have almost everything in common as humans. And if our costumes look different, that's interesting. You know, and everybody's got a unique history to be honored and appreciated. But to fight about that is really, really dumb. 
So hopefully we get beyond that this time. Anyway, um, Hitler was like the poster child of of real racism. He hated uh, Jewish people and Russians. Those were the two groups he hated the most. And he wanted them exterminated, and he wanted people with disabilities exterminated, uh, people with mental uh, infirmities and the birth defects and all that. He wanted them all killed. He was not nice. And there are some people in certain cults that are saying, well, Hitler's just misunderstood, and it's not his fault what happened. Well, he's the one who authorized all the death camps, and I am old enough myself to have met people whose families were killed in them. They were not fake. They're they're not some kind of a illusion that, you know, is uh, just a story being told. They were real. And Hitler, even Hitler's servants didn't know the extent of how horribly evil he was. But but um, he couldn't run World War One or World War Two. Well, he didn't war- run World War One. He just fought in it. But he couldn't run World War Two by himself. He needed massive help from the banking industry, American corporations, UK corporations, E. Um, European corporations and in encouragement for his insanity of eugenics from American and British eugenic societies. He was super inspired by Margaret Sanger, for example, and gave her a higher award and they were friends. But he was a pawn of the evil higher powers, that's true. And he wasn't that brilliant. I read his books and his writings and you can tell how totally insane he is, um, but he's not nearly as smart as he thought he was. And so he had a lot of support. Um, his defenders admit that he wasn't a saint, but he wasn't just not a saint. He was horrible. But, you know, the way I see all these bad people is that they could be reformed and they could be, they could defect from evil anytime they want if they could be reached, and we need people to do that. Um the, the people who gave him and the other national rulers what they needed and the rewards they wanted to torture and kill millions of people were much worse than Hitler. They were coldly calculating how they'd play all these countries off against each other. They'd make profit from all sides, and they'd create mass death and fear and suffering. It's not just the money. It, there are levels above that. So in 1917, I'm trying to wrap it up because we're near the end, the Russian Tsar got overthrown, the one who was the cousin of the German uh, uh, emperor, basically. And the Russian Tsar was overthrown by the communists uh, who were financed by the Western banking associations and institutions, largely from America. There are great books about that that we can list at some point. Uh, They were all organized and financed by Western banking. And one of the important moves on the so-called Grand Chessboard, written by Brzezinski in a book called The Grand Chessboard, is what was happening as these countries were all lined up against each other. Um, Again, not your neighborhood bankers. These are the levels that Ronald Bernard was just basically getting in touch with a little bit 
And he said they were telling him as he rose in the banking structure, international banking, financing wars and stuff like that. Uh, he was right on the inside. He's one of the few people that's ever gotten out alive, and he barely did that. And he said um, he was told to put your conscience in the deep freeze if you want to be promoted to the next level. And then he found out that where the banking industry leads is to satanic ceremonies, and ultimately he was asked to help kill children, and he wouldn't do that. So he got out barely alive. The ones at at the low-level banking and who are just trying to get rich and do a lot of deals to make money, the ones of them that I've talked to have no idea who's actually running the whole operation. 1918 was the last year of the war in France. Uh, At that time, about a million and a half soldiers were still stalled in a standoff between the two parallel lines of trenches that we talked about just killing each other and being replaced by more men. And the women and kids and older people back home were really suffering as a result, especially in Germany. There was a lot of starvation. And then in 1918, the U.S. Army became a major factor that ended the stalemate. Um, the U.S. Army raised raised its uh, manpower from 100,000 to more than 4 million in one year. So they were mostly not trained very much, but there were lots of them. And they had one of the first tank divisions, which was what Patton's project. Before he got much more involved in World War II, he was commanding a tank division of 144 tanks. So if you look at this whole operation, from a business point of view, you start seeing what was going on. And it's what Kennedy was warning about, what Eisenhower was warning about and up to now it hasn't been stopped and this is a turning point that we're at at the moment when it needs to be stopped and I don't think it can be stopped by simply force because the the danger is if you just try to fight it by force you get corrupted and you have a new like in Star Wars a new Dark Lord taking over it doesn't really help anything So in 1918, Patton was running his little tank division, and they looked kind of like little homemade models of tanks compared to the tanks now. But in those late battles, about one-third of all the artillery shells had poison gas in them. It was just a scene that, I mean, I don't think people can even imagine it. And there are pictures if you want to look at some really horrible pictures, still online. Um, But there was really bad damage done until November in 1918 when the last uh, final truce was signed. And the terms of that agreement were really hard on Germany uh, coming down from the business rulers and the banking rulers. And it's part of what Hitler and his allies used as motivation to start another war for revenge, basically. That was yet another huge disaster. So now what are our rulers doing? The the deep state, as people have called it, they're working on world war again right as we speak, right now. This is one reason I bring this up, because people say, well, why didn't the Germans stop, or I guess the Austrians, stop World War I? Because they were the aggressors. 
you know, the original aggressor was just that one guy that did shot the uh, Archduke. After that, everything else was a separate project, basically using the assassination as an excuse, but it was it was a stupid excuse. So now the rulers are trying to do the same thing, using excuses again. The rulers in America who just won the fake election, they, they would like to start a war with Russia as soon as possible. And in fact... Uh, Russia's being openly demonized. It has been for four years in America, more than four years, but now it's accelerating. And um, we have to skip some of this stuff because we're almost out of time. Dr. Greer is really interesting in context of this whole thing and the research that he's done. He said some of the things that Kennedy was ex- uh planning to expose, which were not okay to expose according to the deep state, were the reason in addition to what he was doing with the Federal Reserve, trying to shut it down, that he had to be killed. <clears throat> and his his killer again was called a lone crazy gunman, and that was not the truth at all. It's well known now, the, the operation that resulted in killing Kennedy. And... Uh, Anyway, Dr. Greer has some really interesting information about that. We may get into it at some point, but still, you know, 107 years after the start of World War I, we're still in the situation where the this war machine is controlled by the same cabal, using national leaders as pawns. <clears throat> right now, they want to control all the sovereign countries and they want to destroy them. And America is a special focus because in America there's more of a memory of freedom than a lot of places. And and it's the only place I know of that the founding documents are recognizing that we all have what's called natural rights. And they're the unalienable rights that the founders talked about, meaning that if you declare an emergency like, oh, what kind of emergency should we say, for example? Oh, how about a fake pandemic? Even if it was a real pandemic and you were having 90% death rates, everybody was dying. Like if what Biden had said, the 200 million Americans were already dead several months ago, so I guess almost all of us are dead now, according to that. Even if that were true, In a free country, the rulers can't take away your natural rights. They can't do it because if they can take away your natural rights, like freedom of speech and freedom of assembly and things like that for a real pandemic, then they can just declare an emergency for whatever they want and your rights are gone. That's what they expect us not to understand right now. So they're trying to say, even in the fake pandemic, that there's so many people dying that we're really sorry, but you just have to give up your rights. But it's only for a little while, and we promise we'll give them right back, which is always nonsense. And um, education and media have really had to play their part, or we would never have believed any of that. Education system has not taught real history for a long time in America and most Western countries. Natural rights are not taught, obviously not taught in places like Britain 
or Australia or New Zealand or European countries or America. Because if the kids learned, or even the adults, or even the graduate school people in the university and all that, if they learned what natural rights are, they would say, wait a minute, what was that thing about inalienable that or unalienable is sometimes the way it's pronounced. That means that the health authorities who, unfortunately, the last president, Donald Trump, uh, handed the country over to health authorities and said, here, lock everything down. He knew it was a mistake because he said, you know, you really shouldn't do this because you can destroy a country this way. He said that on TV. And he was going to question the whole vaccine thing, and Bill Gates met with him and said, um, you're not going to do that. He called it a dead end. So Trump ended up handing the country over to these dictators, but it, it wouldn't matter if Americans rep- remembered what inalienable rights are. Because you can have the, you know, the 10th degree, 100th degree health authority czar in the solar system say close your business and you don't have any more free speech and they would just laugh because in America and in America it's recognized in the founding documents that your rights are inalienable rights and you live or die by your own um character and consciousness and cooperation between people and helping each other and respecting each other, not by government taking over and doing it for you. Because if you set that up, whether it's a democracy or a republic, and you get bad people in government that the unconscious citizens allow to be there, you get a disaster and you lose everything. So just having a republic doesn't do it. You have to have a conscious population too. And we don't have that right now, but we could get it, and we could get it back quickly. Right now, most of us are saying, oh, you know, if a person makes ridiculous orders, it doesn't matter because, I mean, they're like they're a health authority. We could never know what they know. Well, in a way, we probably don't know what they know, which is their satanic rulers. But as far as health goes, common sense knows much more than these corrupt health agencies who want to kill everybody. And Americans and most of the other sovereign nations that the American founding documents say everybody in every country has the same rights. So um, it's not just America. It's not one country that is you know, intrinsically better than all the others. It's just that the, that country recognized in the documents, yes, everybody has natural rights and they can't ever be taken away by government, by international governments like the UN. Any criminal organization like that can't remove it, even if they declare it's an emergency. So the rulers, so that we don't ask the right questions, want to keep us afraid all the time so we'd obey ridiculous orders you know close your business don't leave your home where what peggy calls a self-suffocation device muzzle uh 
let the rulers turn your body into a vaccine factory. It shouldn't be a problem. Send your kids to the government indoctrination centers. It's so convenient. You know, yeah, they learn to be communists and learn that your country is terrible and that they're probably should switch from a boy to a girl, and that's totally normal. And they should be mutilated for that right away. We should buy poison GMO food at the grocery store. It's actually certified safe. We should drink fluoride in the water for our own dental health and protection. Uh, Don't notice the chemtrail spraying from geoengineering. Don't use unapproved language without permission from the rulers. Be a total racist about everything. This is, as I said, really stupid. Uh, believe the health lies coming out of the government agencies and the media. Never do your own research. Don't trust yourself or other mere mortals, only the authorities, like the health authorities and the government rulers. And ev- above everything else, be afraid all the time. This is why you'd cut off your own breathing when an authority tells you to do that. This is not very smart, you guys. Even if you're doing that, Even if you're Antifa, even if you're BLM, and you think it's really great to burn up cities and uh, beat up women and kids and old men and things like that, you, you don't have to keep doing that. This is a really important concept. Even if you've made a promise, even if you've promised your soul to the devil or to some organization that is gonna destroy life, you can say, I'm canceling my contract, effective now. They, they can't do a thing about it because it's a contract that was made without full disclosure, human or otherwise. If you get that and you're participating in the destruction of the world, you can become one of the really great people on the other side and make a better future for yourself if you want to. And in the 60s, you know, and we need to stop because we're over time, but in the 60s, I remember a bumper sticker when I was in the university and it said what if they gave a war and nobody came that wasn't just a silly bumper sticker that has deep meaning it's like David Icke talking about and other people besides David Icke not just him talking about mass non-compliance what if nobody obeyed the the media wants you to think oh that would be terrible everybody would be going crazy no everybody would be recovering from going crazy and what if they gave a word? Nobody came. Nobody signed up. No, and people said, well, thank you very much for the invitation. But why do you want me to kill all these other humans and destroy their homes, You know, burn their fields, cut down their trees, kill their animals? That doesn't sound like a very good idea. Just that much intelligence would end the whole world situation right now. But it's still above most of our level of consciousness. We have to get there soon, really soon. It's time to answer the question, what if they gave a war and nobody came? And the way you answer it, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what you do. And so David Icke is saying, and other people, what if no, they say, well, wear a self-suffocation device have these poisons injected in your arm and change your body into a a GMO organism, which is what the new injections do. And they may be affecting other people nearby as well. What if everybody said, 
wait a minute, what's the reason again that you want me to do that? It doesn't protect me from any diseases, and it could kill me, and it killed all the test animals. See, these injections are not untested. They're not. Our rulers are not sloppy. They would not just try experiments. They have no idea what will happen. They're not really experiments. They're ceremonies as part of the larger sacrifice. And people talk about the injections not being approved. That point is way overemphasized. Because what it implies is if they went ahead and approved it all, which they could do overnight just by following orders, then do you think that makes it safe? They've approved all kinds of deadly stuff every year up to now. And they'd happily do the same thing. It all depends on strategy. So we need to demonstrate the answer to the question, what if they gave a war and nobody came? The current assault is basically mostly based on on fake medical information, and the true version of all of it is censored. And the ones, all the thousands and thousands of officials running it and enforcing this nonsense on local levels, almost all of them believe that they're serving humanity. And at the mid-level positions, they know it's murder, but they think that following orders, they'll be in the elite remnant. And at the highest, higher levels, they know it's massive depopulation. That's all it's for. It's a ceremony. Waiting on other steps. This is just one step. And um, at the top levels, they know it's a suicide mission that is intended to kill all life on the planet. And I I don't think that's grasped widely at this point. So at, at our level, if we're not refusing the invitation to come to the war... We're acting like hypnotized and fearful zombies and demonstrating our answer to the war question, saying that, yeah, we'd accept the invitation, we'd go to the war, we'd kill whoever we're told to kill. Like the Milgram experiment demonstrated people off the street, most of them willing to give electric shocks to kill somebody else that they're told to kill for by a person in a white coat, or that gullible because of our education in the constant media not just the obvious lies in the media but subliminal frequencies and other things that are affecting us the question really at this point at the last hour is are we really that dumb do we have to be that dumb are we totally lost it's time to choose the answer to that very carefully and the only there's no sane reason that we'd answer yes You know, we're consciously avoiding who we really are, the fact that we all of us are spirit underneath these physical shells. This is just costumes, and it's a consciousness test right now. Who do you think you are? The costume? You believe we have to fight and and, uh, hate other people who have different costumes? Imagine what happens if everybody drops all that nonsense. Anyway, remember, and I'm sorry we went over time, we'll quit now, but uh, Planetary Healing Club meets in 22 minutes, and uh, the Sunday show is tomorrow, and that will be inspiring as usual. We have amazing guests that come on those shows, and that's going to continue tomorrow at 6 Pacific and 9 Eastern U.S. time. You're invited from anywhere in the world, and the archives are free.
and then um, feedback, ideas for shows. If you're mad at me for coming on when my voice doesn't work, let me know. <laughs> Hopefully not, because this is kind of important stuff to talk about, right? And um, it's not that complex. I mean, the, the ramifications of it are complex, but the basics are simple. You're going to go along with suicide and insanity and do these really dumb things like hate each other. Or are we going to really wake up and the big war that's going on now against all life will be over? We, we really do have the choice. And each one of us can decide what does that mean in our own life. Anyway, if you ever want to come to Planetary Healing Club, you're welcome there, planetaryhealingclub.com. If you have resources to support us and you want to keep us on the air, because we really need help overcoming censorship right now, um, then donate to us on lostartsradio.com, the donate button, or lostartsresearchinstitute.org, or subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio, and that would be deeply appreciated, but not if you're having trouble with money. And um, If you can help share the shows, that would be great. And um, I think that's about it. Club meeting in 20 minutes. And uh, you can be in that if you want. Otherwise, give us your feedback anytime. Comments and emails on the contact forms, whatever you want. We we'll want to stay in touch with you and make sure that um, some of you feel like this is of some value and can bring into context where we are right now and the fact that you're making a decision moment by moment and you're not weak. You're, you're brilliant. Take care of yourself. And uh, it's the best way to help the rest of the world. So anyway, thanks for the time. I hope you have a really good rest of the weekend. And we'll meet you here next week, same time. Take it easy. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific 
on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editor's picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.